Welcome back to Forward Momentum. This week, we're taking a little deviation from our regularly scheduled program to talk about watches and motorsport and watch auctions. I've already touched on a number of auctions, but we're currently entering the holiest weekend of them all in Geneva, the Fall Geneva Watch Auctions. And boy, are there a lot of them. The next two weeks are the time to be in Geneva if you are in the watch industry, a watch collector, or a potential buyer. It's going to be a busy stretch. Philips is hosting their auction on November 5th and 6th. Antiquorum is hosting their auction also on November 5th and 6th. Christie's is hosting the legendary and unique watches auction on the 6th of November. And Sotheby's is hosting their important watches auction on November 9th. It's worth noting that on the same day, later in the day on November 9th, Sotheby's will auction off a Ferrari F2003 Formula One car that powered Michael Schumacher to his sixth world championship in 2003 and secured Ferrari's 13th Constructors' Championship. It's uh, an important car, to say the least. The week will be capped off on November 10th with the GPHG, the Grand Prix d'Orologie de Genève, the Oscars of Watchmaking, where prizes are awarded for the best watch in a number of categories. These auctions showcase some of the rarest and most interesting watches out there. Among them, a bunch of new watches released in the last two years, which is mildly disappointing to say the least to see them on the auction block. But, you know, that's life. And there's one auction today that I particularly want to focus on above all the others. They are watches from the collection of a man very tied into motorsport and very relevant to last week's discussion about Ferrari and the great number of watch sponsors they've had over the years. I'm speaking about a man who is a rally co-driver and the race director of Scuderia Ferrari and the president of the FIA from October 2009 until late 2021. I am, of course, speaking about none other than Jean Todd, and his watches are on the auction block this weekend in Geneva. My name is Todd Searle. I'm obsessed with watches. I pay attention to them everywhere I see them. One place I've been surprised to see them frequently is in the cockpit of Formula One cars. I'm a crazed Formula One fan, and I keep noticing watch brands sponsoring cars, races, and I kept seeing them pop up on drivers' wrists. I wanted to understand why watch brands lean so heavily on the world of motorsport. This is Forward Momentum, where we explore the interconnection between watches and the world of motorsport, luxury goods, gear, and the creators behind those brands. Welcome to Ford Momentum. Before we can dive into the upcoming watch auctions of Jean Todd, we need to understand a little bit about how watches move around the globe. This is important because as someone who watches Formula One, if you see an IWC or any other watch on the wrist of a driver, how do you go about getting it? Where do you find it? And honestly, there are really four ways of going about getting a watch. The first route is going to an authorized dealer. These are dealers who are authorized by the brand to carry, market, and sell their product and are dealerships that you would typically think of in a seller's setting. Think about going to the car dealership. Think about going to a particular brand of car dealership. It's a similar story with the authorized watch dealer. They have the right to sell those watches and to help with after-sales service and parts and help get you any information that you might need on a watch. Different authorized dealers carry different brands and offer different product lineups, helping to differentiate them from their competition. Often, these are brick-and-mortar stores and 
Many are now starting to have an online presence, but by and large, these are smaller family-run businesses and often just local to you. Many of these businesses will have pre-owned watches. They often take these watches in on trade or simply buy watches from collectors because they would like to have them for their inventory. And given the relative inability to get access to watches in the current marketplace, buying a pre-owned watch allows someone new to watches or a collector to get the watch that they actually want, albeit paying market prices. There are a number of great examples of this, but almost any authorized dealer who has a pre-owned section in their store represents a good option to purchase a watch that is backed by a guarantee and an establishment that you trust, not just buying a watch from some stranger on the internet through a forum. Typically, the watches have been certified by a watchmaker and are backed by a warranty in case anything goes wrong. So after-sales service isn't actually a problem. Oftentimes, the authorized dealer gets stuck holding onto inventory that either they don't want or that they know is unsellable. Rather than hang on to it and sit on the inventory for a long time, often these dealers will sell to gray market dealers. Gray market dealers are not authorized dealers, but have access to new watches and sell them directly to consumers. It's perhaps the watch industry's worst kept secret. There are watches that simply do not sell and to get them out of inventory, they're offered to gray market dealers. Sometimes authorized dealers sell to gray market dealers or discount them just to get them off the books and out of inventory. A gray market dealer can ask whatever they want for a watch because they're not beholden to the manufacturer's pricing, uh, but they have access to watches and if you're willing to pay market prices, gray market dealers represent an opportunity to get your hands on a watch that might be very popular and to get something that not everyone has. The third way to acquire a watch is through the secondary market working with private sellers or through a website that sells watches and does so as a business. You know, these are often individual collectors who are either selling on a forum or have a website that has a niche outlook on what they buy, sell, and trade, whether that is vintage Rolex or modern independent watches. There are really wonderful examples of this business model where there are specialist shops that are the source of information and they will point you in the right direction and make sure that you get a perfect watch. And there are also people who are just looking to get rid of watches in their collection. It's definitely a buyer beware situation, but if you do the research, find the right people, you can find great watches in great condition and you could pick up whatever you like. And honestly, a lot of these sellers just have a smartphone and an internet connection. So there is a fair amount of buyer beware here. The last way to really acquire a watch is actually through an auction house. You probably know the names Christie's, Sotheby's, Phillips. Uh, what you probably don't know is Antiquorum. But like secondary market sellers, auction houses run the gamut from those that do deep research and source incredible watches and charge accordingly to those that bring almost any watch in the door and sell looking to make a profit at auction. Auctions definitely come with a little bit of buyer beware, but I think in the auctions that we're talking about today, you can be fairly certain you're going to get what you are looking at. The final route, and I didn't really include this, is going directly to the brands. Many brands have decided that it is in their interest to take control of the distribution of their watches and sell directly to the consumer, 
to bring the consumer in-house and eliminate the middleman of the dealer. Many brands work directly with customers, especially those that are large collectors who have demonstrated loyalty to a particular brand, but not every brand offers this service. Many are actually opposed to doing this and want you to work through their dealer network. So it's a question of understanding what the brand wants to do and how they prefer to work with their customers. All this is to say that it's a fairly complicated and complex ecosystem to acquire a watch. This week, I'm going to focus on watch auctions and specifically the auctions coming up this weekend in Geneva. The auctions. For the uninitiated, the watch auction season can seem daunting and never-ending. While there are many auction houses and near-constant auctions to follow, the auction schedule usually follows a spring-summer-fall schedule. Curated in-person auctions usually occur in three seasons, concentrated in New York, Hong Kong, and Geneva, the traditional capitals of the watch auction world. This spring-summer-fall schedule bouncing between New York, Hong Kong, and Geneva also has a few auction houses located in Geneva that only host auctions there, but the collection from any given auction will travel to various locations to be viewed by collectors, those interested in seeing the watches, and anyone really who wants to come check them out. It really is amazing to go see a collection of watches all in one place. It's not often that you get to see watches in the auction, or watches of that caliber all in the same room. Watch auctions used to be a relatively sleepy corner of the watch world where one could still find a relative deal on a watch. Unfortunately, given the rise of the watch market and interest in watches and the prominence of the watches coming to auction and scarcity in the marketplace, auctions are now a hotbed of activity and most lots sell for above the retail price, especially for the newer releases, which are unobtainable for most people through the standard distribution channels. It's not entirely a bad thing, though, but I think there is some caution to be taken when looking at auction results. A resulted auction is not a guarantee of a new market price for a watch. The reason I say this is because there is a bit of an adrenaline premium that happens at auction, especially when two bidders are in the same room fiercely competing to bid on the same watch. That level of competition breeds somewhat unrealistic pricing, and the adrenaline premium of a watch auction shouldn't be overlooked. Additionally, we need to observe buyer's premium, and that needs to be taken in consideration when looking at the sale price for an auction. The hammer price at which the auctioneer drops the hammer and declares the lot sold is one thing, and the buyer's premium, which is usually around 20 to 26% of the hammer price, gets added to that. And you will hear sometimes auctioneers refer to the percentage of that premium moving based on the level of bidding and the monetary value of the lot. And they often do that to encourage additional bidding. Often, auction houses list their final lot sold prices with the buyer's premium included, not the hammer price, thus inflating their results and making the sale look even more impressive. Those results often get people excited, but they forget to remove the buyer's premium from the auction result. When you look at an auction, you have the opportunity to register to bid. For most auctions, simply providing your address and a credit card is enough. For others, and for certain lots, there is a pre-approval process for bidding, especially on higher dollar value items, where you have to go through a little bit more of a vetting process. 
Often those bidders will make themselves known to an auction specialist in order to see the piece in a private viewing, get to ask their questions and strategize on bidding and what price they believe the watch will sell for. Once an item is sold, a paddle number is collected, the buyer has a period in which to pay for the watch, and it does actually happen that people do not pay for lots that they want at auction, and the opportunity is then presented to the runner-up bidder if there was one. This is one of the scarier parts of consigning a watch at auction. There's also the consideration that once a watch is sent to the auction house, it is in their possession, and likely that payment will not be made until 60 days after the auction. Basically, if you're in a hurry for some capital, auctions are not the place for you to sell a watch. But I digress. On to the Geneva watch auctions happening this weekend and next week. On the 6th of November, Christie's is hosting their Legendary and Unique Watches auction. This is an 111 lot auction of the watches from the collection of former Scuderia Ferrari boss and FIA president Jean Todd. Jean Todd is a French motorsport legend. He drove as a rally co-driver in rally cars and was the founder and head of the Peugeot Talbot Sport, which raced in rallying and later in the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and he would manage the team from 1982 to 1993, during which time the group won four World Rally Championships and won twice at the 24 Hour of Le Mans. When he left Peugeot, it was to go nowhere else but to the prancing horse Scuderia Ferrari. Todd was the first non-Italian manager of the team, and was brought in to save the prancing horse from the depths of their despair. It's worth mentioning that Jean Todd is French, and in 1996, he would pull off his first coup, getting Michael Schumacher to wear the famous red overalls of Ferrari. This wasn't easy, and nor was it victory at first race. Michael would go on to win five consecutive world championships from 2000 to 2004, bringing his total to seven, which was only to be matched by Sir Lewis Hamilton in 2020. Todd had achieved what he set out to do, bringing the Scuderia back to victory. He would go on to serve as the CEO and head of racing division at Ferrari, and in 2009 resigned all his functions with the company to run for the presidency of the FIA, a position which he held until 2021. Jean Todd is one of the founders and the vice president of the Institut de Cerveau et de la Molle Epinière, ICM, a foundation dedicated to the medical research for brain and spinal cord disorders. This is where Todd and F.P. Jorn would meet, and where the centigraph would come to light for Francois-Paul Jorn. We'll talk about that in a moment. The 111 watch collection from Jean Todd that is being auctioned in Geneva has a portion of the proceeds going to charity. If I had to guess, ICM would be a logical recipient, but I'm sure we might learn more on auction day. The sale ranges in brands from everything from Gerard Perigo. Audemars Piguet, Langen, Sona, F.P. Jorn, Bulgari, Omega, Patek Philippe, Breguet, Richard Mille, Rolex, and more. There are so many watches that cover the gamut of Ferrari timekeeping partnerships during this time, and there are a number of beautiful Gerard Perigo watches, including a tribute chronograph to Enzo Ferrari. Ferrari and Gerard Perigo collaborated from 1993 to 2004, and there are many tribute watches for each world championship as well. These are great pieces of motorsport history and represent a specific era of Formula One. What's interesting is while many of the pieces look sporty, they're still restrained and rather classic looking. They're elegant and feel a little bit like racing watches from a bygone era. 
it's clear to see a parallel between the evolution of the perfect watch for racing and the F1 car. In the early days, they were both machines that were purpose-built as a tool, and the watches were often offered in precious metal, with the occasional attempt at a watch in titanium or a super lightweight material. You could almost feel the evolution of the watch alongside the racing car. As the cars got more technical, more involved, involved more electronics, so the watch evolved. It was offered in lightweight materials, constructed like a race car, and built to be more durable. To me, the most important lot for sale in this collection is the F. Pigeon Ferrari Centigraph. Not only for its motorsport pedigree, because of the importance to Jean Todd and F. Pigeon, but the story behind the watch is fantastic. Jean Todd and F. Pigeon would meet while working in support of the ICM, uh, a foundation in which both the Frenchmen participate. And it was during a meeting that Jean Todd and Francois Paul Jorn began speaking about the ideal chronograph for racing. From these discussions, Jorn's memory was jogged based on research and development he had done for a chronograph years earlier, but was unable to complete. These conversations kickstarted Jorn's brain, and the centigraph was born. When the watch was completed, Jorn asked Jean Todd to be the, quote, godfather of his watch and in doing so, presented him with the example that is up for auction in Geneva, with the Scuderia Ferrari badge at 12 o'clock and Jean Todd's JT initials underneath. It is a stunning watch with a stunning and surprising history, completed with a story of a chance encounter that led to the development of a new movement and a new watch. To make it even more incredible, only three were made. One for Jean Todd one for F.P. Jorn himself, and one for Michael Schumacher. Motorsports pedigree is a certainty with this watch, and if you were going to own one example of the Centigraph, this is it. There are a few other special Jorn pieces here, which include a piece unique petrol blue dial, Grand de Petite Sonnerie, which has a beautiful dial that changes with the light, with a 7th Constructors World Championship logo on it. There is also a set of watches that belong to Jean Todd that were gifted to him on Christmas of 2004 by none other than F1 legend Michael Schumacher. It's worth pointing out that Schumacher drove for Todd while he was at Ferrari. The pair worked closely together. They had to work hard and fight to bring Ferrari to be a championship contender, and there was likely a lot of close collaboration during that time. It's clear that they shared a love of racing and a love of watches, and there's a lot of shared heritage in these pieces. All numbered 63 out of 69, and all with Jean Todd's initial on them, this set is from the Ruthenium Brass Movement era of Jorn from 2001 to 2003. Each watch has a gold rotor with a special gift inscription from Michael Schumacher to Jean Todd and the Ferrari Prancing Horse logo, one for each world championship that they won together. The watches include the Chronometre à Résonance, the Tourbillon Souverain, the Arte Calendrier, the Arte Chronograph, the Arte Reserve de Marche, Jour et Nuit. What an incredible collection of watches and a fantastic story behind them. There's also one watch worth noting and that we spoke about in the last episode. That is the Richard Meal RM001. The example for sale is in pink gold and claimed to have been Richard Meal's personal watch with movement number 001. This particular watch is almost a prototype watch. It is motorsport and watch heaven. 
It's beautiful in pink gold that seems to have mellowed with age, and it is the embodiment of all that Richard Mille set out to achieve. I think this will be a big winner at auction this weekend. This watch is so important to the history of arguably the biggest brand in motorsport at the moment and the watch world. And if there are two watches that you pay attention to during this auction, I think it will be the RM001 and the Ferrari Centigraph. I think these two have the most important pedigree and the most important history in motorsport. And I think that these are the watches that will make this auction important. I also think that the five watch set gifted from Michael Schumacher to Jean Todd is fantastic. I think it will be a big winner at auction, but it's really going to take a special collector. And I really hope that that collector brings home that entire set. I hope there is someone who does buy the entire set of five watches because I think they deserve and need to stay together. From both a motorsport point of view and a watch point of view, I'm incredibly interested to see what happens at this auction. I'm just excited to see these watches go on the auction block, and it's truly an incredible collection. There are some Gerard Perigo in there that I think are just beautiful and gorgeous and that they no longer make. And if you're listening to me, Gerard Perigo, please start making those watches again, especially the Seahawk collection. But Jean Todt is such an important part of motorsport and such an important part of the FIA and Scuderia Ferrari, and he's been an important figure for F1 for more than two decades. And frankly, I'm really excited to see the sale of the Ferrari F2003 chassis number 229. I hope that there's a collector out there who appreciates both Formula One, Ferrari, and watches, and loves both, and has the budget to buy some of the Jean Todd collection and the F2003 race car. I think that these items belong in a collection together. I know that whoever purchases any of these watches and whoever purchases the F2003 is getting an amazing piece of motorsport history and Formula One history. A retrospective auction such as this one has a really cool added benefit. We, as collectors and aficionados, get to see the evolution of the racing watch from the partnerships of Ferrari. In many ways, I wish Jean Todt had stayed longer at Ferrari just so that we might see some of the Ferrari and Hublot partnership watches in this auction. But the evolution is clear. From precious metal chronographs to tribute chronographs to the first watches in titanium to early Richard Mille, Rolex Daytonas, and a very special Jorn Centigraph, there is a clear evolution of what a racing watch was thought to be and what a racing watch could be. This auction serves as a retrospective and a look into the personal life of one of motorsport's most enduring characters. The collection itself is race-focused with a fair number of beautiful complications in it. I think it's a collection that anyone could be proud of. I know Jean Todd was likely gifted many of these watches from team sponsors, but there's a feeling and a spirit here that can't be replaced. There is also a clear feeling of appreciation and fondness between Jean Todd and Michael Schumacher, who clearly shared a love for watches and racing. It would honestly be worth being able to hold on to a small part of that history. Thank you for tuning in this week. Good luck to those of you bidding at this weekend's auctions and next week's auctions in Geneva. If you buy the F2003, please don't forget about your favorite podcast host and take me for a spin in it or let me take a spin in it. There are two races left here in the F1 season. We've got Brazil and Abu Dhabi coming up. 
Let's see what happens and hope for some more exciting racing to end the season. I am your faithful host, Todd Searle. This is Ford Momentum. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck to those of you bidding at auction this weekend. For the rest of us watching, enjoy the auctions. There are some great watches out there. We didn't get to cover all of them today, but in the meantime, good luck, have a great weekend, and keep moving forward. Thank you.